You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. This show is, uh, and this show is also episode uh, 252 of The Press Zone. We're glad that you're here with us today, whether you're a frequent listener or a first-time listener. Welcome aboard. Make sure you're subscribed Hit that subscribe button right now if you haven't done so already. Uh, My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host for the show, and I'm also the lead correspondent over at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week in the studio by our president, founder, and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, and he is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? Where have you been? Where have I been? Not you. The person you said that is joining us for the first time today. First time? You said for the, the listeners that are joining us for the first time, Yeah, I'm asking them, where have they been? They well, I don't been, know. Yeah, they should have been here a long time ago. But we're glad they're here now. All right. Well, as long as they go back and catch up on all the old... Yes, all 251 episodes that you right. have missed, that's, that's please right. make sure that you please make sure that you do your due diligence and catch up. But hit that subscribe button. Hey, you know what you're going to find? If you go back, Yeah, it just came to me. Uh, if you go back, you're going to find, we used to do a segment, and, and actually, uh, we should bring it back, but we used to do a segment called Where Where Are They Now? This was your favorite segment. It, it was, because I got to do some storytelling. Yeah. Are you um, doing a story today? No, but uh, we had a request for that. <laughs> really? We had a request for Where Are They Now? Really? On the All Habs Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, facebook.com slash all Habs more than 50,000 Habs fans. We know that, um, um, a regular listener and, and reader of the website. Um, his name's Art Pollard. Uh, he lives in, I think it's Victoria. If okay. not, I'm sorry, Art, you're, you're in British Columbia. I know that. I think it's Victoria. Um, he asked, uh, he said, Hey, a segment should be, um, uh, where are they now? Uh, and find out what Al Montoya is doing. I think it was Al Montoya. Al Montoya. Well, you, or have- maybe it was Auntie Naomi. I have to, I have to, it was one of those <laughs> goaltenders that, well, yeah. you have your homework now. Apparently I do. I well, expect the you first to come- bit of homework is finding out whether it was Al Montoya, Montoya or, or Auntie, Auntie Naomi or someone back. completely. No, it was one of the two of those. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have your homework. I expect you to come prepared next week. I All right. I've been told. You've been told. And thank you uh, for the suggestion. We love it when... Thanks for... Yeah, thanks, Art. We appreciate love, that. Uh, we appreciate that, Art. We're, uh, we're always happy to hear from our readers, our listeners, our viewers. If, you, if you're watching Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel, we love to hear from you. We love feedback. We love to hear what you want to hear or see or read more of. Um, we, we like to know what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of. And, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And you always have fun with that segment. I do. I can usually put my feet up and have a cup of tea (laughs) while it's like story time. Or an amaretto. It happens to be national amaretto day today. I actually like amaretto. Amaretto and Coke tastes very much like Dr. Pepper. All right. It's quite tasty. Um, we have a fun show for you today. Um, it's getting kind of exciting around these parts here at the AHL Report because uh, it's they haven't clinched yet. But Laval's getting awfully close. 
um, to clinching a playoff spot. And that'll be the first time, if they do and when they do, it'll be the first time in franchise history, in Laval's history, that they'll have actually officially made the playoffs and the postseason. Um, And that's pretty exciting. And I think everyone at Place Bell is getting pretty excited for that. So we're going to get you caught up on how the Laval Rocket have done this past week in their their journey towards the playoffs, uh, as well as uh, some roster updates. And then in the second segment, uh, Patrick Williams, our AHL guru and contributor and dear friend and colleague, is going to join us for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. And with him, we're going to talk about, you know, how soon could Laval clinch? What does the playoff picture around the whole league look like right now? Um, You know, has anyone... Is, is there anyone close to or has they have they already clinched the division title? Uh, you know, taking a look at the kind of the big picture for the for the playoffs as well as how it affects Laval. Uh, and also, uh, while Patrick's with us, we're going to talk a bit about the increasing importance of uh, player development in the NCAA and and the impact that it's having on pro leagues. Uh, so it's going to be a really great segment. You're not going to want to miss uh, in segment two. And then we're going to get you all set up for more Laval Rocket games coming this week. Maybe, maybe they could clinch the, a spot by the end of the week. Uh, and we'll let you know uh, how to follow along with all of that. We've got an, an exciting announcement for Habs Hockey Report uh, and lots more. It's going to be fun. Well. Shall we? We shall. All right. Um, I First and foremost, I have to say, um, I'm not sure that there were many people who weren't Super excited for Carey Price's return on Friday night, making his season debut. It's been a long road since uh, the last game of the Stanley Cup final back in the summer of 2021, which was the last time that Carey Price suited up for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, it was it was almost surreal, Rick. Like it was we've there's been so many. How's he doing? Always oh, had a setback. Uh, no, he's not playing. Oh, he's traveling and he's practicing and he's maybe and a is a no. And and then finally it was OK. It's going to happen. Um, so it was a little surreal. And but at the same time, once once he skated out and, and he was there, it was kind of like, oh, everything's right in the world again. Well, it was um, certainly we have not seen that level of excitement in the Bell Center this season. No. Until Friday night. No. Um, it, it would just, there's nothing that can compare to Price's return. And, and it's not just during the game. It started in the city. It started early uh, with people lining the streets uh, to watch the, the players arrive in the garage. The, I mean, as they used to or as they do mm-hmm. um, uh, during playoff time, as they did last year. Um, there's there's something different about when Carey Price is there, and and Marty St. Louis talk said, in his opinion, um, that his his team hasn't played as well, didn't win, but not the point. Um, his team didn't play as well, uh, since he's been behind the bench as they did on Friday night with Carey Price in net, and that there's there's a bunch of reasons for that, and and it you know it starts with. The, the confidence that he provides to 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 all the t- the calmness um, that 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 he kind of exudes um, the fact that he's a, an extra defenseman back there moves the puck um, I, I mean it, beyond just um, being sharp playing well and and uh, looking pretty good and whether whether he's at 95 percent or whatever he's whatever percent he's at, um, it was it was the best goaling per, goalie performance in total of the season, and um, and and that can only bode well if uh, Price can stay healthy. Absolutely, uh, it was an emotional night. It was it was wonderful to see him back. It was it was really heartwarming to see how excited his teammates were to have him back. Um, you know, at, when they came out for warmups, of course, Price led them out for warmups. Gallagher was right behind him and kind of hesitated at the at the bench door uh, before he took the ice, kind of let Carey skate out a few strides by himself with kind of a smile on his face that he was happy to see his friend and goaltender back. Uh, Nick Suzuki sporting the, the Carey Price socks uh, on the way in that evening. I mean, it was just really, really heartwarming to see 
the team um, corral around him, the the city support him, the fans inside the Bell Center. You could just feel it far and wide. It was really, really heartwarming. Um, he plays his second game back tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Um, glad to see that hopefully, you know, they're easing him along, not uh, not putting too much strain on him. Um, but it's very fun with Carey Price back. We just wish him well and hope his his positive progression continues. And we don't expect miracles. Um, this is still a terrible team. It's it's a poorly yes, constructed yes, team <laughs> by Mark Bergevin, and and they're going to lose. Um, you know, they'll they'll lose a fair bit with with Carey in, but. Um, but if they play differently and, uh, and they feel differently and that gives them some, some hope for, for next year, then that's the point of, of, uh, price being in the net as well as kind of, uh, his own test to see mm-hmm. how, um, his knee reacts, uh, to game situations. Absolutely. Uh, you and, uh, Chris G actually went pretty in depth on this topic in, in terms of goaltending for the organization, uh, as a whole, not mm-hmm. just Carey Price, uh, this past week on the Canadians Connection podcast. So if you missed that, I highly encourage you to go check that out. That's canadiansconnection.fm, uh, a full, hour-long intensive analysis and look at the state of goaltending uh, within the Montreal Canadiens organization right now. It's a, it's a great listen, so be sure to check that out. Of course, that meant with Carey Price back, uh, Caden Primo's emergency recall ended and he was reassigned to Laval. However, he didn't join them right away. He stuck around uh, in Montreal for a couple of days because Laval was out in Ohio on a road trip. And so he waited a couple of days to rejoin them till they got back to um, Belleville, a little closer to home. Um, in fact, Laval out on that road trip. Uh, we recall last week, we talked about the fact that they started the road trip in Belleville with a, with a mighty win in, in Belleville, which they haven't done uh, very often this season. Belleville has been beating them on home ice um, in at CAA arena. Uh, but this time they kicked off the road trip with a big win in Belleville. But then Wednesday they traveled to Rochester, and Rochester is one of those teams. Uh, Patrick Williams is going to talk with us about it a little bit in the second segment. Uh, Rochester is is finding their footing again. Uh, they're getting reinforcements. Uka Pakalukanen is kind of uh, stabilizing in the crease, and so they're having some success. And they gave they gave Laval some trouble um, in Rochester. And then uh, after that, Laval traveled to Cleveland for two games against the Monsters. The Monsters have been in the basement uh, in the North Division pretty much all season. And fortunately, uh, Laval didn't play down to their opponent and handily won those two games. Came out of Cleveland with all four points. That put them into single digits for the magic number of of getting to, to clinching a playoff spot. And so, Rick, they came back to Belleville for the final game of the road trip. Uh, Primo rejoined them there, um, played his first game back. Now, keep in mind, that meant that he didn't he hadn't played in about a week and a half because he didn't play while he was on emergency recall. He was just backing up Sam Montembeau. Um, and unfortunately, Belleville is also another one that's really jockeying for a, a playoff positioning right now. Um, and... Belleville beat them despite despite being grossly outshot by uh, Laval. Mad Sogard was back in net for the Senators, having come down from the Ottawa Senators. And that goaltender is having a tremendous season, and he stood on his head, stole a game for the Belleville Senators, uh, and uh, delivered a loss to the Laval Rocket last night, which was not probably the way that they wanted to end the road trip. 45 saves for uh, Sogard uh, for Belleville. Um, Primo, uh, just 20 saves on 23 shots. Um, not not sharp in this one, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, Laval uh, carrying uh, most of the play, and and uh, but Belleville prevailed. Um, you know the Cleveland games. You expect uh, Laval to win. Uh, Cleveland is 29th place out of 31 teams, um, but you have to win the games you're supposed to win. Uh, they did that. 
the Rochester game uh, was uh, was kind of a back and forth, almost a kind of a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the the Yessi Ulanen game. Yeah, um, he had a three point night. Yeah, so um, uh, nice to see him contributing there, and and uh, uh, it, it's it's going to be an interesting race. Uh, you know, there was some thought that uh, Laval could. Uh, maybe challenge Utica uh, up top, uh, but that doesn't look like that's going to happen. But we'll, it's still pretty fluid. We'll have to see how where their their positioning is. Absolutely, they're still in second place in the North Division. But as we've seen uh, in this final week and a half or so that we have the regular season, anything can happen, and all of the North Division teams are playing each other. So there's going to be constant shifting around of who's in what place, and we'll see if Laval can maintain that second place position um unfortunately in saturday's game saturday's game in cleveland got really chippy uh lucas vedemo was stirring the pot i have to say there's times that lucas likes to play with a little bit of an edge not 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 play dirty or anything but there's times where he makes his presence known and he was really getting under the skin of of some cleveland players he was not particularly uh, enjoying some of the wax they were taking at him, and he got into more than one scrum. Um, but unfortunately, uh, there was well, there was a point that at the end of a period, towards the end of a period, I think there were four misconducts handed out. Um, there was a lot of guys sitting in the penalty box for a lot of time. The penalty minutes in that game on both sides of the ice were were ridiculous. Um, but Lucas Vedemo left that game early. With an injury, uh, Anthony Marcotte, the broadcaster who was traveling with the team, reported that he saw him on crutches after the game and has since reported that he did not uh, follow. Uh, he, he did not go to Belleville with the rest of his teammates. He instead went back to Montreal for an MRI. So our fingers are crossed that Lucas Vedemo is going to be OK. He's just been back maybe nine games or so from injury that had him out for a couple of months. We're hoping that this is not going to be serious. Uh, hopefully it's something that gets him uh, right as rain again uh, for playoffs um, because this young man has just certainly dealt with plenty of obstacles and, and adversity and just can't seem to get into a rhythm um, for one reason or another. He's played well when he's played, but uh, yeah. just a half a season, 34 games um, so far this season with six goals, 10 assists for 16 points. Yeah, so hopefully... Fingers crossed. Best wishes for Lucas Vedem on a speedy recovery. Uh, All right. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, On the other side, we are going to welcome Patrick Williams into the studio for this week's AHL Hot Stove segment. And we've got a special announcement uh, for the next episode of Habs Hockey Report on the All Habs YouTube channel. So you don't want to miss any of that. Stay right there. You're listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. (laughs) 
and welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We are an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, Just a little bit of business. If you aren't following us already on Twitter, be sure you do so at the AHL Report. Uh, You can find Rick over at All Habs. You can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, We also want to make sure that, uh, as we said at the top of the show, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, if you are a frequent listener but just haven't subscribed yet, make today the day that you do that. Just hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you prefer to listen. And if you could also take a moment to just uh, rate the podcast if you're an Apple Uh, podcast or Spotify listener, and also share the podcast, Uh, whatever your favorite platform for social media is, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just hit the share button uh, and send the post. uh, And uh, that will help bring more people to our wonderful little community here. And we would appreciate that. Just a couple weeks left in the regular season, both for the NHL and the AHL. Um, and things are, you know, we're seeing, it, it feels like every time you open social media, you just see the words clinched, clinched, clinched all over the place. So playoffs is the hot topic, uh, but AHL playoffs is what uh, we want to focus on today on today's episode of the AHL hot stove here on uh, the press zone. And of course, to help us do that, there's only one person who could come into the studio with myself and Rick and take the third seat and really set us up for the AHL playoffs. That is the one and only Patrick Williams. <laughs> it's quite the introduction. It is. I was expecting uh, like angels to sing or something. I don't know. <laughs> there they are. Patrick Williams is here. How are you today, uh, sir? <laughs> good. That's uh, a high bar now I have to reach. <laughs> Well, uh, I tell you, if the sh- if the segment is anything like the pre-show, we had a, a very good conversation. <laughs> Hopefully, we have something left in the tank. Uh, it, it's it should be very good. Ha- glad to have you back today. We know it's a busy time uh, as as we're really coming down the stretch here. So, um, want to first just talk to you a bit, Patrick, about um, not only not so much the standings because we know there's a lot of jockeying for position. Uh, so standings are going to change quite a bit. Um, in these next couple of weeks, but just kind of an overall AHL playoff picture and some stark differences. Uh, You know, you've got the Pacific division that is completely set. Everyone who can qualify for the playoffs has clinched a playoff spot. It's just a matter of where they're going to end up. And then you have the lowly North division who still just has Utica who has clinched and the rest of the North division, Laval, Syracuse, Belleville, Toronto, Rochester, Cleveland, they're all still, well, Cleveland's officially, I think, eliminated from playoff contention, yes. but uh, everyone else still a question mark, not clinched yet. Uh, it's uh, It's been kind of a wild uh, last couple of weeks, uh, league-wide. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, this is, we, we, we've talked, you know, about this uh, playoff format this year, and it's, uh, it's operating, I guess, as intended uh, in terms of uh, keeping almost everybody in the playoff race. Right now, there's only three clubs that are eliminated, uh, like you say, Cleveland and then uh, uh, Tucson and San Jose out west. So um, that means 28 of 31 teams either are in or are trying to get in. And um, it's uh, it has really led to a lot of kind of unpredictability or in, yeah, unpredictable races in the sense that um, yeah, you look at the North Division, and that's wide open. Everyone from Laval in second right down to Rochester in sixth. And uh, uh, there's only um, uh, 0.050 uh, percentage points uh, separating them, uh, so second from sixth. And, uh, so you have five teams there for four spots. And uh, so there's going to be a pretty good team that, that ends up missing. I think that's uh, that's what kind of makes this a unique race? Uh, that's the one division where, you know, it's really hard to get a sense of how it's going to shake out. I mean, um, both in terms of just uh, how close they are, but also the nature of the teams, the way they've been playing. Uh, pretty much every team in, in that, that at least third through sixth slot um, has been rather up and down this year. And, you know, now Syracuse is kind of on a, uh, on a peak. Belleville's on a peak. Rochester, you know, one night like they look great, and the next night, 
you know, they looked like, you know, a team playing in October. So, uh, and then Toronto's kind of the same thing. I mean, they've been all over the place this year. So I, I don't have any sense for how that division's going to shake out. I mean, it's, um, it's really kind of, I think, probably going to come down to the final weekend in some cases, uh, you know, and um, you look at Laval and Syracuse, they're going to meet in the final night of the season. So, you know, that could be a potential, you know, depending how things uh, unfold, a potential first round matchup. Um, you know, I, so, yeah, I don't know where this one's going uh, <laughs> at all, but uh, it's a really unique format and just in the sense that the best of three opener, um, you know, you're going to have uh, 14 of the 23 teams are going to play in that uh um, that little mini best of three playing round. So, um, you know, it's going to be a situation where that really is going to come down to a matchup. And it's also going to come down to what your parent club is doing. Are they in the Stanley cup playoffs or are they mm-hmm. not? That's for example, why I think Charlotte could be really dangerous in the sense that, uh, they're a dual affiliation, Florida and Seattle. Seattle's obviously not making it. Um, so not only do you not have to, uh, worry, um, about players not being called up, uh, you know, just stabilizes your roster uh, and um, you, you can just really get set in that way. So, you know, and you, you look down, you know, up and down that list and, you know, Bridgeport, they're dangerous potentially because the Island, New York Islanders are, uh, are going home. Uh, Belleville, definitely a team that could be dangerous because of Ottawa going mm-hmm. home. So, Rockford, same thing uh, with the Blackhawks going home. And right on down in the list, uh, San Diego, they're a potential, I think, dark horse just because um, who they could get back from from Anaheim um, and so on and so forth. And then you have a, a team like Henderson where, you know, it looks like Vegas may not make it. And, uh, you know, so they're going to kind of get some help. And uh, they've really been hit hard by, by call-ups in the last four or six weeks. Now you get those players back, you know, it only takes, you know, handful of players coming back to completely change the complexion of a team. So um, this is why, I mean, you know, people ask, like, you know, why don't you make uh, playoff predictions or, or you know, regular <laughs> yeah. season predictions? Even? I'm like, yeah, why don't you? <laughs> well, you know, if the rosters would stay the, you know, the same for more than a day or two, it might be uh, possible. But, um, you know, it's just it's such a topsy-turvy lead that, uh, you know, from one week to the next you know, you really don't know what you're getting. And, you know, a team that, you know, looks like they're kind of a pushover in the standings can actually be really dangerous depending on uh, who they have back from the NHL teams. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, we're down kind of the final two weeks here and uh, kind of a little bit of a holding pattern now for the playoffs. But mm-hmm. um, we're, we're hopefully going to get a little bit more of a sense of uh, where things are going in the next week or so. You mentioned that... In the North, in the North North Division, five out of those seven teams are really, really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it before, but uh, the playoff format is a little different this year, including that playoff round. So for a division like the North, can you remind folks um, what it's going to take to uh, secure a playoff spot this year? Yeah, the, well, the best rule of thumb I can say is for every division – um, everybody makes it other than the bottom two teams in the division. So, and that, you know, it's a good rule of thumb because every division has a different number of teams. You have eight teams in the, the Atlantic, but uh, the North and the Central are seven apiece. And then you have the Pacific, which is nine, and they're probably going up to 10 next year with Coachella Valley. So um, if you just sort of lop off the bottom two, um, that's the best way to look at it now. That's how you end up with it. <laughs> odd number of teams, you know, in a, in a division like the North, because um, you now have five teams left. So um, the way that format will work is um, you'll only have uh, one play in series and that'll between, be between the fourth and the fifth place teams. So if you can get into that top three, uh, that means you, you, you can bypass that best of three uh, play in round, which I think is a, is a huge step. Um, if, if, if you get in that best of three, I think that's just a you're you're really playing with a difficult situation, especially if you don't get a good matchup. I mean, you know, best of three, right? Like after game one, somebody's facing elimination, and that can come down to a you know a, a penalty or you know a bad bounce or overtime or what have you. So I, I think there is a pretty big incentive in that division to to try to get to the top three. Um, 
obviously Utica is going to be one of those teams and Laval, I think looks pretty secure. And now, you know, that, that third spot will kind of be what, you know, Syracuse, Belleville, Toronto, Rochester fight over. Um, so we'll see, but uh, yeah, I think that would be sort of a, you know, job one. If you're in that division is get into the top three and, by any means necessary, avoid that best of three because I think that is that's a trap waiting to happen. Well, and as you say, you know, it's it's teams will start to get some reinforcements and whatnot. Laval's going to be kind of unique in that in that they're going to need to rely on the strength of their current roster that's gotten them to this point because they are one of the few teams that is not going to have a lot of reinforcements coming back. Uh, Corey Schooneman and Justin Barron were the only two who were paper transactions at the trade deadline. Uh, in order to to qualify to come down once Montreal has done their season. Justin Barron is out for the, se- the rest of the season with injuries, so that's just leaving Corey Schooneman. So JFL is going to be really relying on the team that he's built uh, and worked with throughout the entire season. Um, it'll be it'll be kind of fascinating to, to watch how all of that unfolds. Rick, we hear Patrick talking about 0. .050 percentage points. We've We've tried to drive this home so many times that it goes by points percentage, not by points. Thankfully, this is the last year that we do this, but even in the North division, you look at the disparity between whether or not if we, if we were measuring by points versus points percentage, the standings would look completely different. Um, And it's so it's, it's, it's amazing how tight it is since we have to go by points percentage. And, and, you know, it's not just tenths, it's not just a hundredths, it's a thousandth of a percentage point in, in a couple of cases mm-hmm. uh, that are dividing these teams because uh, teams could play, we've said it before, 72 games, they could play 76 games um, within the North Division. They've chosen differently, and uh, so that's why it's not points, but it's points percentage that matters. That's right. Um you know, you see Rochester's currently sitting in sixth place in the north, but they have, because of their points percentage, but they have 79 points that if we were going by points, they'd be in fourth place. Fourth place. So I think everyone will breathe a big sigh of relief next year when the entire league plays the same number of games and we can f- focus on points and not points percentage. Um, well, go ahead, sir. Yeah. And just one point to add to that is, you know, you look at the games remaining, um, there's mm-hmm. a major disparity for this late in the season. Um, it ranges anywhere from seven games uh, for Providence and Rockford remaining all the way down to two games uh, for Bridgeport. So, and I think that also leads into what the, the playing rounds going to be is because that last week of the regular season is, is makeup games uh, from the pandemic uh, postponements earlier this season. Potentially you could have a team that is finished, uh, let's say next Sunday misses or skips the playing rounds, which is going to probably take a, you know, better part of a week and then would bypass to that, 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 you know, best of five round, you know, could kind of start off, um, you know, once you get down to the final 16 teams. So you could potentially be off anywhere from two weeks, a little bit more than two weeks, depending on how the schedule shapes out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a another little wrinkle in the, in the in the whole format where if you're kind of, you know, let's say you're a team like Providence uh, and you're kind of, you know, chugging along here and now you may be done, you know, or, you know, just, you know, however it shapes out. I mean, Providence actually does play that last week. But, look at um, look at the difference between the top two and the, the Atlantic. Yeah. Providence plays seven. Charlotte plays two. Charlotte's going to be have a lot of time on their hands uh, while, yeah. while Providence is is playing a lot of games. N- neither one will be playing that that play in round. But um, mm-hmm. but still, that's a huge disparity. So, yeah, and, and I guess, you know, if you're a glass half full, half empty, I mean, depends if you're looking at it. Well, okay, we have a chance to get, to get healthy. We have a chance to maybe almost have a, a little mini training camp. Um, or, you know, just sort of the, the half empty side would be like, hey, you know, we're playing well. We want to keep going. And now we're trying to be on the sidelines for two weeks. And maybe we don't necessarily recapture that momentum that we have. So, you know. It's, I mean, that's why, you know, like I said, like trying to trying to predict this or make any sense of it, uh, you know, I think really is a fool's errand. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, so you have Charlotte 
sitting there, as you said, Rick, in that in that second position in the Atlantic Division, but they only have two games left. So they finish. Let's say let's say they finish those two games this week um, in that second position. But then Springfield and Wilkesbury, right behind them, have six games to play. They might find themselves watching teams if 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 teams behind them who have a lot of games left to play go on a run, they might find themselves slipping down the standings and not being able to do anything about it once their season's over. Um, yeah, the teams that Springfield and Providence have to keep winning at that. 615 yeah. uh, um, winning percentage level. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Hey, has anyone um has anyone clinched the div- a, a division yet? Uh Chicago has. Chicago has. Chicago is the only one so far. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Yeah, so you Yeah, you got some little weird things like somehow Stockton has not managed to clinch yet, which um, Ontario keeps hanging around, so that's kind of what's keeping them down or you're keeping them from clinching. And, and somehow Utica, same thing, right? Like Utica jumped off to that 13-0 start, and yet, um, you know, Laval's only eight points behind with uh, six games to go. I don't think they'll catch them, obviously, but they could, right? I mean, you know, if, if Utica slips up here, I mean, like, or they can at least make it interesting. So, mm-hmm. um who would have thought that, you know, back in November when, yeah. you know, it looked like Utica was just going to go on a tear. And, well, they did go on a tear and, you know, they built up such a, uh, a lead and um, that was, you know, been whittled down uh, slowly but surely uh, over the course of the last four to five months. Well, it is going to be a very exciting final couple of weeks to see where everyone lands at the end of the regular season so that we really do know um, probably by the next time uh, we get together, we'll have a better idea um, of of what the playoff matchups are going to look like and who's going to participate in that three best of three play in round and who's not and so on and so forth. So uh, lots lots coming there. Um Wanted to switch gears just for a moment and talk. Uh, it's it's been a bit since we've uh, talked about the AHL Player of the Week, but thought it was a, an interesting selection this week and certainly a notable one. Uh, we've seen plenty of NCAA athletes uh, starting to sign entry level contracts or free agents signing uh, with with teams and so on and so forth. Uh, and a lot of those guys are showing up in the AHL. Uh, that happened over the weekend for the Providence. Bruins, uh, they signed uh, Western Michigan goaltender Brandon Bussey uh, to a one-year ELC. Uh, and so he made his pro debut over the weekend uh, for the Providence Bruins uh, and and had an absolutely uh, terrific um, weekend, Patrick. Uh, can you... Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, it's it's not easy for a, a goaltender to make his pro debut and two days later be the, the, the guy who the AHL says this is the guy to watch this past week. Yeah, and, and do it on back-to-back nights, no less, right? I mean, and for a team chasing first place in their division. Uh, so he played Saturday night in, the, in Lehigh. Um, that game went to overtime and the shootout, and he uh, – he was fantastic in both of the, uh, both of those rounds, and then uh, comes back the following night in, in Hershey and tosses a shutout. So I mean, <laughs> what a start to your career! I mean, you know, like you, you think you're just going to maybe come in and you know get your feet wet, and all of a sudden, like here here you are, um, it's your net now, and um, you know, and you're in a situation where uh, you know. Troy Grosnick is up now with Boston. So um, you come in there and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's your opportunity, right? And this is a classic case of, I mean, we talk about this a lot um, where if you're a player and you can come in and really take advantage of an opportunity, whenever it does come, um, you can just set yourself up really well for, for, you know, going forward. And so, um, you know, I think at the very least he's, he's uh, opened up some eyes, uh, you know, for, for down the road. Um, certainly um, it's a great way to make an impression on, on your coaching staff and on the Boston Bruins uh, with the, their management, uh, like, you know, and it's, it's impressive how he's, he's come in. He, um, just a young kid, a young goalie, um, right fresh out of college and, 
makes it look a lot easier than it actually is, right? So, yeah. um, you know, free agent signing, and, and the Bruins are, are always good with, the, with those free agent signings. I mean, you know, that that's what I think in some ways allows them to, to be able to feel a bit more confident moving some uh, draft picks out in trades is when, when you have obviously a, a, a team that's attractive to college free agents, um, you can kind of patch up a lot of uh, holes that you would otherwise have by moving those picks out. So, um, you know, they've done a really nice job there in Boston. And, you know, traditionally they have, but uh, especially lately as well, you know, they're bringing in some really good young talent right out of the college ranks. And, um, you know, uh, you know, he's the latest and, you know, uh, you know, it's only two games. You don't want to make too much of it, but um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely you're welcome to the pro hockey moment. For <laughs> That's him, right. For sure. Well, Rick, we, we talk so much about how um, how long it takes for goaltenders to develop. And this isn't a case of somebody who just went to the NCAA and 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 then made the jump to pro. He he, he had a kind of a, a less than traditional path even to the NCAA, right? Well, I should say before, yes, before I answer your question, um, a goaltender, AHL player of the week, um, that's what the way it's supposed to be. That's right. I should and have known so you. the world is right once again. Um, but yes, he's, 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 um, he's young, but he's 23 years old. He's, he comes with a bit of maturity. Um, his, he, he didn't take necessarily a direct path uh, to the AHL, um, you know, he, he, he took his time and, and spent some time in the NAHL, uh, the USHL, and then um, a couple of seasons, three seasons, in fact, with Western Michigan and NCAA. Um, so he's, he's been through, um, you know, he's, he's developed his craft. Um, he's got maybe a bit more of a mature attitude men- and, uh, and, and some mental focus as well. And, um, to it to add to his physical attributes, which he's a he's a big goaltender. He's six five, two hundred and ten pounds, covers a lot of net already, and then uh, rather athletic as well. So, uh, an interesting signing by by the Bruins, and and uh, uh, a nice add uh, at the end of the season uh, to the Providence Bruins. It's just it's it's another example. I know we've 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 discussed this. Uh, even all three of us have discussed this a few times over the last couple of years. But just um, how ready guys coming out of the NCAA really seem to be these days. You know, this this is yes, this is a small sample size here, but certainly he was up to the task this weekend uh, for the, for the Canadians. We saw how. Uh, how mature uh, Jordan Harris has been uh, signing and coming uh, coming in after his NCAA um, time. We've seen, you know, Cole Caulfield, of course, a, a, a product of the NCAA. There's we've Matty Beneers uh, this weekend with with some uh, some some ice time as well. Patrick and Rick, I'll, I'll whoever wants to start here. I'll, I guess I'll start with Patrick. You know, it's it's one of those things we're really seeing how beneficial spending not only spending some time in the NCAA, but but even more so spending more than just the two years. You know, the longer that guys seem to spend in the in the NCAA, the more they seem to be ready to make that jump to pro. Yeah, well, you, you know, you just looked at that Providence lineup this weekend, right? So you had. Your goaltender, who just won goalie of the week or player of the week, um, who obviously had a you know, you know, three years in, in the college ranks. Um, you then also had uh, well, the winning goal Sunday night was uh, scored by Michael Callahan, who came out of Providence College. Um, you know, a, a, a guy who had been drafted uh, late rounds by by Arizona, Boston picked him up. Um, you know, you had John Beecher, who's a first round pick, but played three years at Michigan, which, you know, especially coming, you know, from that team this year, where, you know, what they had. And then, you know, you had Georgie uh, Merkeloff, another really kind of nice little signing by, by Boston. Uh, um, a guy who actually only played, you know, one year at Ohio State. An interesting situation there with a player that comes in from Russia, plays one year of college, and then is uh, kind of, able to leapfrog right into the pro ranks. So, you know, but yeah, I think the more time you can get um, in college is sort of the best, best of both worlds because uh, you do get those games. But I mean, I think the big advantage that college has now is, is just how much training and development time you get. Uh, And, 
you know, so you, you get these guys that they, they come in and, you know, had they tried to turn pro at age 20, they probably wouldn't be, um, you know, well suited for that necessarily. But now you can come in like 22, 23, you've had, you know, top notch uh, resources at the college level, um, you know, to, to really work on whatever you need, you know, be it uh, your skating or your strength or what have you. So um, these guys come in and now they're just so they're ready to go. They're polished. Um, a lot of them really think the game well. And, um, you know, it seems like, especially now that that, that schedule differential is not as big as it used to be. It used to, um, I think really trip up a lot of players, but you know, it's, it's not the same game that it was 10 or 15 years ago. And it's not the, you know, hard crash bang physical, you know, fighting type game that it used to be. Now it's, it's goal oriented. So I think uh, players are able to, to bridge that gap a little bit better in, in terms of the schedule differential. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's really become a, a great pathway uh, for a lot of players and um, can kind of, uh, get past those awkward 20, 21, 22 year old years. And, you know, you're 23 now and you come in and um, you've been able to do a lot of your, your developing at the college level. And now you um, are able to come into the pro game that much more polished uh, than some of your junior counterparts. And another good example of what you're just talking about there, uh, Patrick is, is uh, flyers prospect, Ronnie Atard. Uh, 23 years old. He spent three years at Tri-City in the USHL, then another three years. Um, and he was Brandon uh, Bussey's teammate at Western Michigan. Uh, and he's able to, now 23 years old, step out of both of those programs. And he's um, made his NHL debut. He's played nine games with the Flyers. And 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 he he looks like a mature player, like he's like he's been developed. Sure. There's lots of things for, uh, to work on, but he's able to, to handle that. And it be, and it comes from all the practice time, um, all the, all the time, both on and off the ice that they're not playing games, time in the weight room for, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the college players. Um, and, and those players, not only because of their talent are attractive to NHL teams and NHL general managers, but, uh, because of the the way it's structured, uh, NHL GMs have an extra year to evaluate those players before they they have to sign them to a contract. So it's it's kind of a win win all the way around. Yeah, it really is, and and I think I think there's growing excitement over these guys uh, once they make their their jump to the pro ranks uh, because. As as people start to see more and more of the Frozen Four tournament and and seeing how how talented and skilled these players are and how ready they are, I think there's just more and more buzz about them coming into uh, the AHL or the NHL and seeing what an immediate impact they can make. So I think it's just good things. You know, I, I think all of that spells good things for the state of hockey, basically, and and you know viewership. It, it certainly helps things. Um, in the U.S. as far as, you know, increasing popularity of hockey when NCAA guys are really starting to, to, to make waves and, and things like that. So I think it's exciting. Um, it's been exciting sure. to, watch, uh, to watch these guys and, and looking forward to seeing what some of them are going to do here in the playoffs. Um, all right. Well, Patrick, uh, that, was a, that was a great uh, edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We're always so happy to have you here. Um, and thank you for joining us. We know it's, uh, it's a busy time as we, as we head towards the end of the regular season. So thanks for being here. We know we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. If you're not following him already, please be sure to follow Patrick at P Williams, AHL on Twitter. And, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Are we going to have to make angels sing every time Patrick comes on the show now? I think it's, it's, it's now a thing. I think it's part of his whole persona now yeah, mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. he is our ahl guru uh we love when he's on the show it's always such a good time uh chatting with him he's a wealth of knowledge uh he's so tapped in all around the american hockey league uh with teams with personnel with coaches with executives um and within the league offices as well uh and so really has a, a good a good sense and a, and a finger on the pulse of everything that's going on with the american hockey league and it's going to be exciting this race to the playoffs 
I can't wait to see how it all works out. For sure. Uh, we have great uh, coverage, of course, coming up this week uh, for the Laval Rocket as they continue to try to whittle their way down to clinching a playoff spot. They have two games this week. Um, they have a home game on Friday night against the Toronto Marlies. That's going to be an intense game. I can guarantee that. Uh, Place Bell is expected to be packed that night. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere um, and uh, against a, a bitter rival like the Toronto Marlies, who are very much trying to secure their place in the playoffs as well. So that's going to be a great game on Friday night. And then Saturday, they travel away to Syracuse. Syracuse is hot on Laval's heels in third place right now. Uh, and so they would like to see, of course, uh, Laval lose a couple times this weekend so that Syracuse can can leapfrog them into second place but Laval's got to uh Laval's got to show up in both of those games Rick and make sure uh to come out of the out of the weekend with four points over the next 10 days uh the Rocket will see the Marlies three times and the the Crunch twice um so I mean those aren't going to be easy games they're always very competitive uh, the Syracuse and and uh, and Laval have a a rivalry, uh, and because of the the parent franchises, the Marlies and and the Rocket also, so each one a tough game, and uh, we'll be here to tell you about it. We will, and uh, of course at ahlreport.com, we'll have full game recaps of every. Uh, game the Laval Rocket plays. Be sure to check those out. Follow at the AHL Report on Twitter. We'll provide you live game updates as those games are happening. Uh, also, be sure you subscribe to the All Habs YouTube channel. That's over at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, there I host a weekly show called the Habs Hockey Report. It comes out every Thursday. Uh, we talk about uh, the Canadians, the Laval Rocket, uh, prospects, so on and so forth. Lots of fan interaction. I read viewer responses, uh, take mailbag questions and so forth. And occasionally we have exclusive one-on-one -on -one interv interviews on the show. Uh, we've had Yessi Ullinen on the show uh, last month. Well, this week we've got a special guest. I'm happy to welcome Nate Schnarr to the show this week. Uh, newly acquired by the Montreal Canadiens at the trade deadline in a trade with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, so Nate Schnarr, um, coming from the Utica Comets and joining the Laval Rocket, uh, he and I sat down for a lengthy interview. Uh, it's a lot of fun. He's a, he's a great interview. He loves to talk. He's a great personality. I think everyone will really enjoy it. So be sure you subscribe over at youtube.com slash allhabs. Hit the notification bell and you'll find out exactly when that episode drops later this week. It's going to be fun. Uh, and also be sure to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast. Rick hosts that every Saturday with a, a combination of either myself, Chris G, or Michael Spinella. Uh, find that at canadiansconnection.fm. Rick, it's always a good time. It is. Uh, it's um, thought-provoking, it's entertaining, um, and it's information you can trust. Uh, we've been doing this a while, so CanadiansConnection.fm, subscribe, and uh, our focus is the Canadians, and it's called, for that reason, the Canadians Connection. Excellent. Make sure you subscribe and check that out. And then be sure to come back here again next Tuesday for another episode of The Press Zone as we set up the final week of the regular season in the AHL. It will determine where the Laval Rocket will fall in the playoff picture. So don't miss next week's show, The Press Zone, every Tuesday right here on the AHL Report, Rocket Sports Media, the Hockey Podcast Network. Rick, thanks so much for another great show today. Thank you, too. Have a good week. Thanks you as well. Thanks to all of our listeners. And we'll see you back here again Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.